0: what to do next. So stop saying that you don't know what to do. Stop feeling overwhelmed. Stop living in the valley and start walking into your calling. So I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the show. But I'm really excited to be here because yesterday I didn't have a good day and I don't know what it was it wasn't that my day wasn't good. I don't want to say it wasn't a good day because it was a good day. It was, it was fine. I just had this feeling just this like lingering dreadful feeling. And I don't know if you guys can relate. I'm sure you can, but I was texting my best friend and I'm like, I don't know what is wrong with me. I just feel so gloomy and like, I'm dreading something, but I don't have anything that I'm dreading. And I just kept trying to talk myself into my own life (laughs) yesterday. Like you should be so grateful. You have, you know, four healthy children and you have this beautiful house and you have heat. And I was just trying to like list all my gratitudes and just for some reason, I felt not like my confident, bold, courageous, strong self. And it's really what led me into finally recording this podcast episode on the armor of God, because we talked about this in season one and I said, I was going to record an episode on the armor of God and we never did. And I woke up this morning and the feeling had lifted. I prayed so much yesterday and just begged God to remove this spirit that I was feeling and, Replace it with joy and excitement. And really, I think what starts to happen for me, the first thing that I notice that I'm under attack is I start thinking about myself differently than I would if I wasn't under that spirit of dread and that feeling. And this happens when we get into the valley. I consider myself to have been in the valley yesterday. You can be there for a day and pop right back out. If you know how to pop back out, if you don't know how to pop back out, then that day yesterday would have turned into two, three, four, five, six, a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. I mean, who knows? I've been in valleys for years before, so you have to know how to get out. So I know how to get out in season one. We talk all about how to get out and there's, you know, it's just jam packed with amazing tips and tools and things that you can take to do that the biggest thing for me though, is like I said, is how I think about myself. And I think this kind of came, I'm like, where did all of this come from? Like all of a sudden I felt different and I started thinking and a couple of things happened and I felt a little bit of rejection yesterday. Um, there was someone who I was like super excited to work with and they weren't ready to work with me, which is amazing. I'm glad, you know, I don't want them to work with me if they're not ready, if they don't feel like God told them to work with me. And so that was kind of part of it. Is I was like, Oh, and then, you know, immediate imposter syndrome starts coming in. Like, Oh, see, see, you're not good enough. No, one's going to do that. Like just those thoughts. They're so quiet. They're like little tiny whispers in the back of your mind. Like, who do you think you are? You really think this is going to work. You really think you're different. You really think, you know, all of these things, especially if you're struggling with something else, like an addiction or mental illness, like though, then the thoughts are even worse. I used to struggle with that. I don't anymore, but I just was like, I needed help knowing who I was. And what I did is I grabbed my identity and inheritance printout that I have which you can also get your own copy. If you go to my Instagram at Terrence Sarconi. click the link in my bio, it's under free downloads and you can download your identity and inheritance. And this I got from Priscilla Shire and it is so great to read out loud and to say, this is who I am. Now you wanna read it out loud because you want the devil to know, I know who I am. Listen to me talk about my identity because he can't read our minds. So you want to make sure that you're saying this this out loud. And I did that yesterday. And as I started to say these things out loud, I did start to feel better. And then I realized I have to just not think because then my mind's like, I wonder how well my podcast is doing lately. I should go check my analytics. I should go look at that. And I'm like, absolutely not. (laughs) I think absolutely not. Should I be checking stats and going deeper into this hole? I'm like, I need to not do anything business related and where I'm thinking and analyzing. And I need to just focus on what God wants me to focus on. And I did get out of it. I woke up this morning and I just, I feel this joy. It also has to probably do something. And I don't want to not give credit to God because of course it's God, but I live in Michigan and up until last night, everything is gray, you know, gray sky. We don't ever see the sun. For maybe like 10 minutes yesterday, the sun came out and I was like, Sophia, look, it's the sun. <laughs> like, and I even went outside. I took a, a video of myself. I even walked outside and just stood there and closed my eyes and faced towards the sun. And it was still cold, you know, <laughs> because it's Michigan and it's January, but it just felt so good to have the sun on my face. And so the sky is gray. Everything is dead or looks dead, appears dead. And the trees are gray. The grass is dull everything is just gray. And we got a big snowstorm last night. So everything is white now and it's supposed to snow all day. And I'm a person who the weather definitely directly affects. And that might be you too. So when I woke up and saw outside too, I was like, yes, God, thank you. I felt like it was a gift from God. Like he just knew that I needed something different than gray. (laughs) And I was like, thank you, God, for bringing this. So I just felt this joy in my spirit. And I immediately just prayed this morning and said, God, what do you want me to talk about on the podcast? Lead me, give me an idea, speak to me. And I opened up my laptop and I have a bunch of topics that I have in a folder for my upcoming wake up calls. And when God gives me these ideas, I type notes or, you know, just kind of have them going. And I saw the notes that I had began typing for the armor of God and immediately it all just downloaded into me and everything just came out so smooth. And that's how I know that God wants me to talk about it because I don't have to try to come up with notes. I don't have to try to dive in. It just kind of all flooded to me. And as I was typing these things out and preparing for the call this morning, I was thinking about all the people that I've talked to recently that are under attack and you're under attack by a lot of different ways and you don't even realize it. And at one point I had a bunch of these strategies that the enemy has against us. I had them written down on a post-it and I had them on my window in front of me. So I could constantly see where the devil is trying to attack me and where he's trying to destroy me at. And If you have to do that and you need to post these around your house, please do that. If you're at a place where you feel like you're constantly attacked, I want you to write these and I want you to put these out around your house so that you can see them. But I want this to be a very encouraging and a very empowering episode because we have the armor of God and there is a book by Priscilla Shire called The Armor of God. And if this episode really hits you where you're like, I need to learn more about this, I need to dive deeper. This is a seven session Bible study with a video that goes along with it. And it is phenomenal. This book will change your life. It is so great. The way that Priscilla breaks down each piece of armor that we have. And before I dive into it, I have a few things that I'm going to read from here. The enemy strategies the 10 strategies he has against us. These are the things that I had written down on that note card. And I'm gonna get them right from her book. And Priscilla also talks about these things in her book, Fervent. um, It's just called Fervent and it's on prayer and how you need to protect yourself from the enemy. And that's a great book too. Highly recommend that book. But I first wanna talk about the difference between a physical and a spiritual fight because we're actually in both. So we are told to physically fight in Nehemiah 4:14. It says, "Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your homes." So physically fight for what is yours and what you have. You cannot slay the giant without any physical fight. And we saw that with David and Goliath. And there were a lot of things that happened in the Bible where people had to physically fight. the, The Bible is filled with war. It's filled with murder and death. And I mean, if you haven't read the old Testament and, and the new Testament, like you, you know, you're really missing. I was reading the book of James last night with my son, Luke. I'm having him study James and my other son, Dominic, I'm having him study Ephesians and we're reading it together. And there were, there was just so many things in there that he's like, I can't believe this is in the Bible. They had prostitutes back then. I'm like, yeah, babe, like nothing new is here. Everything has been going on forever and ever. But we're also told to spiritually fight in Ephesians six twelve. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We are in a constant battle against the devil who seeks to destroy us and everything to do with us. I'm going to read you the enemy strategies, and there's 10 strategies he has, and I'm going to go through them. Um, and just read what Priscilla wrote because I was going to rewrite it and I'm like, no, her stuff is, this is like perfect. Just like a one little sentence that talks about each thing. And you don't have to write down the sentence that I describe it. But if you have a pen and paper and you're not driving and you're able to write these down or maybe grab your phone and put these in your note section, this would be great. I'm also going to post a carousel onto my Instagram today. It's January 25th. So if you want to go back and look for that, I'm going to have um I'm going to have the armor of God on the carousel. So you'll see the armor of God and then if you swipe through, you'll see these strategies. So if you want to be able to um have these on here to take notes and just see them a little clearer if you're driving or something like that, please look back and refer back to that. But so the first strategy that the enemy has against you is your passion. He seeks to dim your whole desire for prayer, dull your interest in spiritual things and downplay the potency of your most strategic weapons. Strategy number two is against your focus. He disguises himself and manipulates your perspective so you end up focusing on the wrong culprit, directing your weapons at the wrong enemy. Strategy number three, against your identity. This is where I was attacked yesterday. He magnifies your insecurities, leading you to doubt what God says about you and to disregard what he's given you. Strategy number four, against your family. He wants to disintegrate your family, dividing your home, rendering it chaotic, restless, and unfruitful. anyone feel like they're being attacked here? (laughs) Uh, Last week I had my mom's group at church. And one of the questions was how, one of the discussion questions was, how do you feel like the devil is attacking your family right now? And I sat down at a table with eight women and hearing them talk about the attacks in their family was just very eye-opening to me because this is a real battle and a real struggle. These things are truly happening. And if they're not happening to you, you're you're pretty blessed or you've taken up the full armor of God and you've been able to protect yourself through the armor of God which is so powerful we're going to read after we go through these I'm going to read to you what God says and how are we going to come against the enemy and it's very powerful because this isn't well maybe you'll win maybe you'll get through this and maybe you'll fight off the devil no you will win if you put on the armor of God you will win And that's just very comforting because when you feel like you're in a spiritual battle or a physical battle, something is attacking you, it's, it's scary. And you feel overwhelmed and you feel weak and worried and stressed. And am I going to recover from this? And is this going to work? And the answer is yes. Yes. The devil wants you confused. He wants you to feel like you can't be focused on the task at hand, but you are going to. You are a child of God. You will win this battle through Christ. So strategy number five against your confidence. He constantly reminds you of your past mistakes and bad choices, hoping to convince you that you're under God's judgment rather than under the blood. And this is something that a lot of us struggle with, especially if we've grown out of who we were and the things that we've done, it took me a really long time to get this concept and to realize that I am forgiven that God has cast my sins as far as from the east is from the west. And he doesn't even remember what I've done, not because he can't remember, but because he chooses not to. He doesn't care. It's under the blood. It's he knew that we were going to sin. It's why he had to send his son Jesus here to die for us for our sins. Like, He knows that we're sinners. So if you keep thinking about this sin that you did or, or something that was wrong and you've already repented and you know, in your heart that it was wrong and you asked God for forgiveness and, and then you keep thinking about it and you keep bringing it back up and feeling like I'm not worthy. And I did that one thing that one time. And that's the devil reminding you of it. I tell people that I coach, if you keep going back and thinking of something in your past, it's totally the devil because God wants you focused on the future and focused on the present. He doesn't want you thinking about the past. The past is the past. And if you've been forgiven and you've, and you've repented of those sins, then you are forgiven and move on. Strategy number six is against your calling. He amplifies fear, worry, and anxiety until they're the loudest voices in your head causing you to deem the adventure of following God too risky to attempt. And the reason why I'm going through all of these and talking about the armor of God is because I believe that if you're trying to get out of the valley and into your calling, which you're trying to do if you're listening to this podcast, then you have to put on the full armor of God and you have to slay the enemy and know who you are, know who, whose you are and know what you're actually called to do. Because this strategy, number six against your calling, I mean, this is the majority. The majority of people have so much fear, worry, and anxiety just amplified so loud. It's the only voice that they can hear. And then you throw in isolation on top of it. You throw in past wounds and trauma. Uh, You just have a recipe for disaster. You're never going to achieve anything amazing. You're never going to follow God. You don't feel like you're worthy to do it. And you're just scared. Strategy number seven, against your purity. He tries to tempt you towards certain sins, convincing you that you can tolerate them without risking consequence, knowing the only wedge distance between you and God. And if you find yourself saying like, it's not that bad. I can control it. I can do this. It's okay. It's just one time. Then that's a problem. And now you shouldn't just be focusing on managing your sin. You should be focused on getting closer to God because the closer you get to God, the more time you spend with him. And the more time you spend with Jesus, reading his words, reading what he did in the new Testament, you're reading these things, you're absorbing them. You're learning them. If you're spending more and more and more time with him, you're becoming more and more and more like him because you are the average of the people you hang out with. So God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they can be in your circle where you're hanging out with them the most and you're becoming like them. And that's what scripture says is you will become more like Jesus the more you learn, the more you grow, the closer you get. Because that's what happens. We're being transformed, and it's not because of what you're doing. It's because of what Jesus died on the cross, so that we could have the Holy Spirit and we could live in connection with God and we could put on the armor. We can fight against the enemy, and it, we can be safe. and And not only safe, but we can slay the enemy. Not only for us, but our future generations and our family. You know, this isn't just about you. If you're living in your home and an enemy is coming to your door to attack you, he's not just going to attack you. He's going to attack everyone in your home. If you're in a war and someone comes and busts in your house, they're not just looking for you. They're looking to take everybody. They're looking to inflict pain on everybody. They're looking to capture or kill and destroy and divide. I mean, that is the battle that we're truly against here. and you're just, you're just so special and you're so equipped through Christ and you're so powerful, but you don't think that you are. And that's where we need to change this wiring in your brain, but you really need to stop managing sin. And you need to focus on just moving closer to God, because the more you become like Jesus, the less you're going to sin your desires are going to change like i used to have the desire to drink alcohol and a lot of people have asked me like you know because i went to a wedding recently and i wasn't drinking there and um you know family parties and new year's eve and christmas parties and i have people asking me all the time like oh so you're not drinking like were you an alcoholic and no i wasn't but the closer i got to jesus i didn't want to be drinking. I didn't like how I felt, which is insane to me because I used to love it. I used to like crave wine and I can't wait to drink a bottle of wine tonight. And I can't wait to go out for tacos and margaritas. And I can't wait to have a Sam Adams cherry wheat with extra cherries. Like I loved to drink. I wasn't an alcoholic, but I loved to do it. And my desire completely changed you know, just like I've shared this before, like I used to, and I I shared this in a testimony that I recorded last week, which I'm really excited to share with you guys. I was asked to be on the God's battle network and I was interviewed and asked to give my full testimony. And I've never given my full testimony in one episode before. If you follow the podcast, you know a lot about me and my struggles and where I've been and what God's delivered me from. But I've never sat down and given a full testimony and this interview was a video interview and also audio. So I'm going to get all the raw footage and I'll be able to post it to my podcast. So you'll be able to hear that. And then I'm going to post the video as well on my YouTube channel and on my Facebook and um, I'll link it on Instagram. It's just really, really good to hear my testimony. But what I love talking about, uh, Amanda Hawkins is the woman who interviewed me and her and I have a similar past and she is originally from Texas and she was like a cousin strong. She's Mexican. She's like, I would, you know, I would beat you up in a second. And just this like scrappy rougher on the edges type of girl who she used to be. And now she follows Jesus and has this whole network. But um, we were talking about our love for rap music and how we knew like every single word and we just loved it in like the vulgar and ghettoer it was, the more I loved it. And I would just blast the music. And and I loved that music, but God changed me. And I no longer love that type of music. Now I still love rap music, but now I listen to people like Andy Minio and I listen to Christian rappers. I can't even sit like my skin crawls when I hear secular rap music talking about the things that it's talking about and glorifying the things it glorifies. And we also talked about comedians that my husband, John and I, we loved to go to comedy shows. And we did that all the time. And we would go for our birthdays and we would bring a big group of people. And we were always going to this comedy castle downtown and we loved it. And then I was there last year and I was sitting there and I couldn't even sit there. I was like, oh my gosh, Like what are these people? They were like joking about abortion and just like the most nastiest things where I'm like, I cannot believe that there is a room full of people laughing about this right now. Like, and I had to get up and leave and, and I used to love the comedy castle and now I don't. And it wasn't because I changed myself. It's because the closer I got to God, The more I learned, the more I grew, the more classes I was in, the more courses I was in, the more sermons I listened to, the more I prayed, the more I journaled, the more I read my Bible, the more I learned about stories, the more I taught it to my kids, the more I read with my kids, the closer I got. So you don't have to focus on managing sin because that can be stressful. You're like, I have a drinking problem and I can't stop. I love to drink or I, I can't stop having lustful thoughts or I can't stop needing approval and seeking approval from men or I can't stop giving myself to men and sleeping around and I can't stop overeating and overspending and I can't stop lying and I can't stop exaggerating and I can't stop gossiping and I can't stop being negative. These things that were like, I can't stop doing this. I can't stop screaming at my kids. I am an angry mom. I can't stand my husband. I'm always disrespectful. I can't change my tone. I can't change my mindset. You can't manage sin. You can't. The Bible says if you want to do your own little study on sin, go on to Google and type in what does the scripture say about sin and look at the openbible.info link and read all the scriptures on sin. You can't manage sin on your own. You need Jesus and his blood to wash you clean so that you can begin to transform. You're born again. When you say that Savior, that sinner's prayer to your Savior, you are born again. You're a new person. You've transformed. So you start to change. And that's how you'll know if someone's a Christian by their fruits, how they live. You you don't need to ask someone if they're a Christian to know they're a Christian. You're supposed to be set apart. You're supposed to be different. You're supposed to reflect Jesus because you've spent so much time with him. You're getting to be like him, like his disciples. They spent so much time with Jesus that once he died and then rose again and went up to heaven, they were called to start the church. They were called to lay their hands on and heal people. They knew his ministry because they had spent so much time with him. And that's what we're supposed to do. Okay we went way off task here. Okay. Strategy number eight against your rest and contentment. Oh, this is a huge one. He hopes to overload your life and schedule pressuring you to constantly push beyond your limits, never feeling permission to say no. Mm, Ain't that the truth? We're especially in this society where it's just go, 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 go. And if you slow down for a second, you take a nap for 20 minutes. You sit down on the couch and watch a half hour show. You're lazy, you're a loser, get going. There's so much to do, there's not enough time. And the culture makes it really hard for us to do this. But God says that we should be resting and we should be content with our lives. Now, of course, wanting to do more and wanting to grow, none of those things are sinful or horrible. If you make them your idol, it is. But he wants you to be content with the life that you have and what you have going on right now. Strategy number nine against your heart. He uses every opportunity to keep old wounds fresh in your mind, knowing that anger and hurt and bitterness and unforgiveness will continue to roll the damage forward. And if you are experiencing anger, hurt, bitterness, or unforgiveness over something, you need to read the book, The Bait of Satan by John Bevere. That will really help you to see how the enemy has manipulated and controlled your heart to keep you away from God. Because all of those things, if you want to know what God says about anger, what he says about bitterness, what he says about unforgiveness, do your own little study here. Google, what does scripture say on bitterness? Look at the openbible.info link and read the scriptures. And the ones that really stand out to you, write them down and put them on your fridge, put them in your car, write them on little sticky notes and put them on the insides of your cabinets, write them with an Expo marker on your bathroom mirror, write them on your windows in your house, put these out so that you can see them. It's so important to be able to see this. God does not say that we should have unforgiveness in our hearts. And what makes it hard is all of the, the generational sin and curses, but also just sin sins in general and broken people have broken other people. So it's hard to forgive someone who raped you. It's hard to forgive someone who manipulated you and abused you. And it's hard to forgive someone who ruined your life or ruined a life in your family you know, someone in your family was hit and killed by a drunk driver, it's probably going to be really hard to forgive that person. And this isn't a whole episode on forgiveness. There are a few of those. If you're really struggling with forgiveness, this is something that when I went through my 12 step recovery program last year, this is a huge part that we went through over and over and over and over again, because. Forgiveness is a thing that holds a lot of people in bondage. So, if you're interested in my 12 step recovery program that I was in, the link to that can be found in my bio on Instagram. If you scroll all the way to the bottom, it's under resources and it says 12 step recovery program. It's called Regeneration New Life. But if you're looking for more info on forgiveness, in season one, episode 78 was part one, and 79 was forgiveness part two. So jam-packed, it's two hours there of information on forgiveness. And then you also need to get John Bevere's book, The Bait of Satan. So strategy number 10 is against your relationships. He creates disruption and disunity within your circle of friends and within the shared community of the body of Christ. So again, this can kind of have something to do with being offended. I have seen the devil pull a lot of women from my church and men too, but I'm more connected to the women. So I've seen it with my own eyes, pull them away, get them offended and pull them away from the herd. And I've had to actually go and follow some of these women and tell them you're under attack. I will not let the devil separate you from us. I will not let him drag you away from the herd because that's what he tries to do, but gets in any kind of friendship circle you know, we just talked about circles. That's recently what we've been talking about. And it's actually the theme of my church right now, um, circle up. And we're talking about the importance of being in large circles to small circles and everything in between. And, you know, it's just so important that you're in a circle because that's where your protection is going to come from is other Christians and other believers And people. So the devil wants to pull you out of the circle and get you by yourself. So he's going to do that by destroying best friendships for 15 years. He's going to do that by destroying new friendships in Bible studies you've created or people in your church or in your family or whatever it is. He's going to try to attack you and pull you out of that. So those are 10 strategies that the enemy has. And it can kind of seem overwhelming. Like, Oh my gosh! <laughs> How am I supposed to protect myself? Protect my kids? Protect my husband? Protect my home? Protect my whole family? Protect my job? Protect my calling? Protect all of these things? It's like, what are we going to do? So I want to read Ephesians six thirteen through seventeen. It's a little lengthy, but it talks about the armor of God. So this this phrase "armor of God" is not something that I just made up or Priscilla made up. It, this is In the scripture that talks about this, it says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, when the day of evil comes, not if the day of evil comes, no, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, thank God we have people like Priscilla Shire who can break this down for us. Because if I just read that, I'm like, What did she say? You know, it's so great when you have these teachers that are just so great at studying the Bible and and pulling things out of it and defining it and explaining it so that we can be equipped. But these seven things that we have are our pieces of armor that we need to be taking up. If you are going to a battle and you show up like this, you're in your leggings, your sandals and a t-shirt you're probably not going to win the war. Now, even David had a sack full of rocks, you know? And the king was like, "Um, here, put my armor on, son, because you're gonna need it. You're never gonna fight this giant. But we have been given very specific pieces of armor, tools that we have been given. Now, if you are so busy, and you don't know this and you don't study this and you don't know god's word and you don't go to church and you don't listen to the stories and you're not praying and you're not doing any of these things you don't know that the armor exists so if you miss the meeting with the king that says hey we're going to fight a battle tomorrow um everyone can go grab all their armor you have a locker in the castle with your name on it on the third floor go up there get all your armor put it on Meet us down here tomorrow and we're going to fight. Let's say you were just so busy because you had to clean your house and your daughter had gymnastics and your son had soccer and you were just running around like a crazy person. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot the battle is right now. You start hearing the screaming and the fighting. And so you show up on the front lines and you have no armor. It's not because you have no armor. It's because you chose to not put it on. And this is where Christians are making the biggest mistake because you're in this constant battle. You're constantly fighting physically and spiritually, and you don't have any of your armor on. And it's like, why do I feel so terrible? Why do I feel defeated? Why am I believing all of these lies of the enemy? Why is, why is he winning? Because you have the authority through Jesus Christ but you're just not picking up your armor. So you need to first put on the armor of God. These are really great things. And this will be in the carousel that I post on Instagram. So if you're listening to the recording, it should already be up. Or if you listen to it right away, give me a little bit, but it will be up and I'm going to define these. I'm going to write what these things are so that you have them. Um, If you're not able to take notes, you can go and you can look at that and you can just bookmark it. So you always have it. And then you can just go back and, and look at it. Um, that's also a really great tool to use on Instagram. You can bookmark anything. If you press the little bookmark um, icon at the bottom, right of anything on Instagram, you can create a folder and you could create a folder like armor of God and anything that anyone posts on Instagram that you could use to fight the devil like scriptures of who you are or just inspirational videos of God's word. You can put them all in this folder. And then when you feel like you're under attack, you can open up Instagram, go to this folder and you can just look at all this content. That's something that I do very often. Um, But here's what they are. There's seven of them. So I'm going to break down the scripture of what, what Ephesians says is your armor of God and then we're going to talk about what each one it is. So the first thing that's mentioned here is the belt of truth. So Satan is the father of lies. We've heard that before. And lies, deception, you know, all of those things are very high on his list. So it's very important that we be truthful in everything we say and do, and anything we hear we match it up with the truth which is in the bible so for instance let's say um someone tells you that you are a loser you need to turn that into truth what does the bible say about that you know what does the bible say about being a loser am i a loser no that's not what the bible says so i'm comparing it to truth i am also being very careful that i am not saying anything that is a lie because when the devil hears me lying, even if it is a white lie. Now I'm not perfect. I lied to my daughter the other day and instantly as like the lie came out, she wanted me to call her. She wanted me to call this teacher at school and I had been telling her like, Oh, I'll call her. I'll call her. I'll call her. I'll call her. And it was on my list of things to do. And yesterday I picked her up and she's like, mom, did you, did you call today? Please tell me you did. You better have called. And I was like, yeah, I left a voicemail. And like, as it came out of my mouth, I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, like, take it back. And then I was like, I didn't leave a voicemail. I'm sorry. I just didn't want you to be mad at me, but I don't want to lie to you. And I confessed and I just said it. Now, if you find yourself lying, just confess immediately. Like, actually that's not true. I also am the queen of exaggeration. I'm exaggerating with that. I'm actually not the queen, but I I find myself exaggerating all the time where I'll be like, there was like 200 cop cars. You know, there was not 200 cop cars at the accident. Like, let's be real. There was four, um, you know, things like that. So it's important. Don't get hung up on the actual lie and trying to manage the sin. Like we talked about, but be truthful, put on the belt of truth, you know, You don't want the devil like, oh, look at her. Oh, hey, she's speaking my language. She's lying. Here we go. We're going to use her. We're going to use this. So become someone who's truthful. I actually used to be widely known as a liar, especially when I was um, partaking in drugs. Now, I would do anything and lie and steal and do anything just to get a fix. And I became a liar. And nobody could trust anything that came out of my mouth. And it took a really long time for me to turn my reputation around. So if you have been someone who's been a liar, just start by saying, Lord, help me to not lie. Holy spirit convict me immediately. If a lie comes out of my mouth and you watch the Holy spirit will convict you as you're doing this. And this is something I'm teaching my daughter. I posted a reel um, yesterday or maybe two days ago about her first Holy spirit encounter. I don't know if you guys saw that, but it was so cute. I'm so glad I caught it on there. She was telling me this story about how she was playing with her cousin Bowen and she really wanted this phone that he had, this play phone. It had all these like little balls in it and it made this noise and stuff and she really wanted it and she's four. And so she was going to leave his house and she slipped the phone into her little unicorn purse that she brought with her. And she says in the reel, that after she slipped it into her unicorn purse, she heard the Holy Spirit say, Skylar, Skylar, give it back. Don't take this. And then she gave it back. And I was so proud of her because I'm like, this is exactly how the Holy Spirit works. And I've been teaching her that like when the Holy Spirit tells you like, you shouldn't lie. You shouldn't say that. Then immediately say, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that and, and make it truthful. So by you doing this, you're going to teach your kids to do this. And then I'm open, I'm open and honest. And I tell my kids, like, I'm sorry that I lied. I shouldn't have lied. The Holy Spirit just convicted me. I didn't want you to be mad, but I know you'd be more mad if I lied. So I'm just going to be honest. And then what is that teaching our children? Um, My, my daughter also said to me the other day, I put this dress on. We're leaving for Florida this weekend. And I put this dress on and Skylar said, oh, mom, it looks so pretty. And I was like, thanks, Sky. I like this dress. And she was like, mom, I was going to say it looks so ugly. But then the Holy Spirit was like, Skylar, don't say that. <laughs> so I was like, mm, thanks, babe. You're so honest. <laughs> so be ready for the honesty, okay? Because you don't know like how honest these kids are going to get. But be a good role model. So you want to be honest. Um, the belt of truth. Number two, the breastplate of righteousness. So the breastplate on armor shields your vital organs. And this is not of your own doing. Like you aren't the breastplate of righteousness. Uh, It's because of God's righteousness that he protects your innermost vital part of your body, which is what the breastplate is supposed to do. It's supposed to shield all of your most important organs, your heart. This is protecting your innermost vital part of your body against the enemy, which is your soul. So we've seen that through Jesus's life, you can be killed. But if you've received the Holy spirit, that death, death has no sting. You will rise again and you will be in heaven and, and death here on earth is not death of your soul. The only way that you can have death of your soul is if you choose not to believe in Jesus Christ coming to save you from your sinful life and to have eternal living in heaven with God. And you have to have this, this breastplate of righteousness. And this is given to you by just saying the sinner's prayer and Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm not good enough. I know I can't be perfect and good enough for you in your eyes because I'm a sinner and I know that I do wrong things and I don't deserve mercy and grace, but I know that your son came here to die for me and he died on the cross for my sins. You sacrificed him for me. So I believe that and I know that my soul is going to live forever and I'm going to promise that I'm going to try and I'm going to stay connected to you and I'm going to repent if I sin and I'm going to learn and grow as close to you as I possibly can. By saying this, you now have this shield that's going to protect your soul that it doesn't matter what the enemy does to you. You will never die eternally because you have this breastplate of righteousness number 3 the shoes of peace so this this is described as as you start to walk down your path satan's going to set a ton of traps for you because he you know he wants you to lose your focus he wants you to be scared he wants to trip you up so it's important to stay focused on the message of the gospel to win other people's souls. So as you're walking and you're going through all of your trials and tribulations and issues in your life that Satan has set before you, I know I'm trying to raise teen boys right now. So there's lots of traps that are being set there. And this means that you need to be focused. You need to have your shoes of peace on So you're not stepping and injuring your feet. You're not injuring yourself as you step in these traps. Your mind is set on the message of the gospel because the goal is to win souls. So don't get all caught up and wrapped up in what's happening in the battle in your life right now with your kids, with your spouse, with your job, with yourself. It's it's more important than that. The goal is to win souls. This is a spiritual battle. So don't get all caught up in what you're doing Wear your shoes of peace, pray for peace, pray for guidance, which um, praying is actually the the last piece of armor that we're going to talk about. So I will get into that in a minute. But number four is the shield of faith. So Satan will always sow seeds of doubt about the faithfulness of God and his word and tell you that it's ineffective and it's not going to work. Hebrews 12 2 says, Christ is the author. And the perfecter. So just like the shield that you're carrying that's blocking, you know it's a defensive tool that you have. All of these so far are defensive tools. You're blocking the shield is solid and perfect and substantial. So you have the shield of faith, and you know, no, that's not true. Devil. Don't try to twist God's word. His word is effective it will work. I believe in his word. Now you can't have that confidence. If you don't know his word, you know, you have no idea what's said. And that's why I have the printout of your identity and inheritance for you because as a new believer, or maybe you're a first generation believer, which means that no one in your family is following Christ. Like you want to, you don't really have a whole lot of people that are leading and guiding you and teaching you what to do. I want to be that person that says, here, this is what you do. If you don't know how to pray, no problem. I have a printout for that. I want to be able to help you to see this is God's word. This is what he says. And all of my resources that I give on the link in my bio as well at the bottom are all my favorite sermons, my favorite books, my favorite studies, my favorite Bibles. All of my things that I highly recommend for all of you to take a look at because these are a lot of tools that are going to help you in your confidence in all of your armor of God. So your shield is perfect. It's solid and it's substantial and it will block any blow against the enemy. Number five, the helmet of salvation. So protection for the head obviously is very important. It is the most critical part of your body next to your heart um i would even say probably before your heart and you have to have a helmet on the head is the seat of the mind and when it has laid hold of the gospel truths of hope and eternal life so like truly grasps that then you will not receive any false doctrine or give way to any of Satan's temptations because you're holding on to your salvation. The unsaved person, they they have no hope of warding off the blows of false doctrine. And false doctrine just means made up stuff that's perceived to be real, that the devil tells you that you're like, this, this isn't true. This isn't, they don't talk about this in the Bible. They don't say this. This isn't true. It's false. So if you're unsaved and you don't have the helmet of salvation, then you have no idea what's right and what's wrong. Because even the scripture says that if you are not saved, you will read the Bible and you will have no idea what it says. You will be like, I have literally no idea. This is so confusing. And that's the biggest thing I hear from people. Why they don't read the Bible is they're like, I don't understand it. And that was me in the beginning but I just started reading it anyway. And I would pray first and say, God, help me. And this is what I did with my son last night. I said, we need to pray first because sometimes the Bible is really confusing and it's confusing, not in a way of being from the devil of confusing, but because it's a living word, it changes how you perceive it. So the words don't change. The words are always the same, but based on what's going on in your life, what lesson you need to learn, what you need to walk away from, you will read a scripture and think of something and read it a year from now. And and it means something completely different to you because of where your walk at is currently. So you need to pray and say, Holy Spirit, help me to decipher what this is saying. Speak to my soul, pull things out that I need to hear and help it resonate with me. And I've learned that if I read a paragraph, if I just get like one thing out of it where I'm like, okay, this is what that means, then, then I'm getting something out of it. You don't have to really understand and absorb and soak in every single word and every single meaning and every single phrase and every, for, for the Bible to do damage to darkness and to be life-giving to you in your life you really don't. And you'll see these things like stand out to you, these portions of scripture that are just like standing out on the page in bolds that just hit your soul. And, and that's so beautiful. But if you don't know scripture and you don't spend time in this, then you don't even know what to believe. You don't even know what is true without the helmet of salvation your mind is incapable of discerning between spiritual truth and spiritual deception. You won't know. Number six is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So like I said, all of the weapons that we've talked about are defensive weapons up until right now. The sword of the spirit is an offensive weapon. It's a sword. So all the other ones are just blocking blows You have your helmet. So if you get hit in the head and false things try to go in you, it can't. You have your belt of truth. So that's fastened around you. You have your shield of faith. You have your shoes of peace. You have your breastplate of righteousness. You're good to go against any blow, but now you need an offensive weapon where you can just ruin the enemy. And the sword of the spirit is so strong. It's the word of God. And you know this speaks of holiness and the power of God when you when you hear this about the sword being this weapon against the enemy, you really see the holiness in the power of God that the word has. Um, God repeatedly answers Satan when he was tempted in the desert for forty days and forty nights, and it says that Satan kept tempting him and tempting him, tempting saying like well if you're if you're the Son of God, why don't you just make food appear and just eat it? Why don't you just get water right here? And why don't you just do that? And, and you don't have to die on the cross and be sacrificed. Like, I'll give you all of this right here. And he was just tempting and tempting and tempting him. And you can go back and read it. And it talks about this temptation. And every single thing that the devil tempted Jesus with, Jesus's response was scripture. He quoted God. He didn't just come up with ideas himself. He quoted God and he answered this with scripture. And this is where we're supposed to do. And I have a highlight on my Instagram that I created about two years ago and it's called Defeated Darkness. And the reason why I created this and I have flashcards that I made and then I turned those flashcards into a story real uh, highlight on my Instagram so that other people can see them. But at this point in my life, I felt so attacked by the devil. I felt so, I just felt so weak and just so unequipped because I didn't even know about my armor. I didn't even know that that was a thing. I just knew that I said I was a Christian and I'm like, why is this so hard? And I was having panic attacks and anxiety attacks. And I was struggling with depression and suicidal thoughts and hopelessness. And I knew that I was just, you know, in a field laying by myself injured and the devil was just having his way with me and just messing with me. And, and I just knew that something had to change with this. And so when I realized that I had the armor of God that was available to me, I realized that I just need to quote the scripture. That's really where you need to start with the sword. So I wrote, I went through the Bible and found the scriptures that talk about the devil already being defeated. Like God has already defeated darkness. And I wrote down what those scriptures are. So you can go into that highlight on my Instagram and you can just screenshot those And you can save them in your own album and your photos on your phone if you want, or you can just come back and, and read them on my Instagram every time that you need to see them. But they are scriptures that you need to be reading out loud because you're like, oh no. And like yesterday when I felt attacked in my identity and I pulled out my identity and inheritance paper, and I started reading those, and those are all scriptures of what God says I am. And I started reading those out loud and like instantly I was like, yeah, okay, get out of here, devil. Like, nice try. Thanks for trying to get in my head. It didn't work. And and I escaped from it and I got away from it. So this is so important to speak this. And especially as you grow in the maturity of your faith and God surrounds you by newer believers and other women who need your help with the attacks, and you start building those genuine sisterhood relationships where you're trying to help each other and you're trying to fight for one another, it is so important to look up scripture for your friend, because if they're struggling with addiction or abuse or um, infidelity or whatever they're struggling with for you to look at the scripture and say, this is what God says about this. This is the truth. This is the sword of the spirit. This will slay the enemy And then the seventh one is praying. So we can't neglect prayer. It's where we draw our spiritual strength from God. So without prayer, without reliance upon God, our efforts at this spiritual warfare are just zero. Like they don't even exist. It's like, you're not showing up to the meeting that preps us how to fight. And then you're trying to go out there and fight. Like, you know, you don't have any clue what you're doing. You have to be praying. And this is why I have the printout of the prayers that you can get off of my Instagram as well, because I know when you start praying, it's hard. You're like, God, thank you for this food. Let it bless my body. Keep me safe. Keep us healthy. And amen. Like, you're like, I don't even know what else to pray for. Like, uh, I hope the sun comes out today. Um, I, I hope that my kids are nice and I'm nice back. Like, you know, you're just, you, you're like, I don't even know what to say. And so I have two different prayers that you can print out. One is just my general prayers that I say over my life and, and my brand and everything that I'm doing. My other one that you can print out is for moms specifically, and it's prayers over your children. So this is a great place to start out, print both of those out and just start saying them out loud every single day. Um, Okay, I'm so glad that we went over all of the areas that the enemy is strategically trying to ruin your life and then to tell you about all of the armor you have. And this is the last thing I wanna say, the full armor of God, the truth, the righteousness, the gospel, your faith, salvation, the word of God, and prayer, these are the tools that God has given us. And through this, we will be spiritually victorious, overcoming Satan's attacks and temptations. So this is a guarantee. And I want to read Ephesians 6, 13 through 17 one more time. Now that you know what it means, I want you to listen to it and to look at the the sureness with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You, my friends, will have victory over the enemy. You, my friend, are strong enough to do this because of Christ Jesus that is living inside of you. You are a child of the highest God, the king of all kings. You're a king's kid. You're the king's kid who is the most powerful king to ever reign. And if someone is attacking his family, what do you think he's going to do? I don't care who you are here on this earth, who you think you are, your bloodline, where you've come from, how bad it's been. You are a king's kid. You got to act like it. You got to know that you have all of this armor in a locker on the third floor in the castle that is yours. Go get it and put it on and keep it on and learn because you will defeat the enemy. And then when you've slain the enemy and he knows like, man, every time I try to attack Taryn, she just bounces right back. That you will be so strong that you'll spend less time trying to defeat the devil And you'll spend more time walking in your calling and defeating the devil for other people. You know, that's what we're called to do. We're called to make disciples. We're we're called to teach other people. We're called to spread the word of salvation. And it starts with you and your own belief in doing this. So put on the full armor of God. Stop spending so much time with the devil. He doesn't deserve any of your time. Know that this is him. Know who you are. Know the armor you have and slay him, and move into your calling. Be who God wants you to be. Be who God has said that you are. He's already said this is who you are. Now you just need to act like it. So thank you for being here, for listening to this. Re-listen if you need to take notes. Send this to someone that you know needs to put on the full armor of God, because you're called for something much greater. And I know that you're made for more. You know that you're made for more. You can feel it inside of you that you know, like, I'm made to do something more. I'm made to do something big. And the more you believe that, the more the devil is going to attack you because he's like, oh, no, no, you're not. You're not writing a book. You're not having a podcast. You're not starting that course. You're not doing that coaching. You're not speaking on stage. You're not befriending them. You're not getting into that church. You're not getting into that circle of people. He will say, oh, no, she's a threat. You know, the devil, Let's the sleeping dog lie. So if you're not the sleeping dog anymore and you've been woken up, you've woke up to your calling, you've woken up to your purpose in this life, then the devil is not going to just let you go because you're now a threat to him. And now he's going to attack you. So you have to say, okay, no, devil, get back in your place, get away from me. And you'll be able to walk into your calling. So don't let fear set in. There's nothing to be afraid of. You have already defeated the devil through the armor. So I love you all so much. Please believe this. I'll be praying for you to believe it and to just know it deep in your soul. You're a child of God. You're a King's kid. Start acting like it. Thank you for listening and spending your morning with me. I pray that God blesses your day and that he helps you to see the calling that is on your life. Lord, help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do. Help us to walk in our day side by side with you and link with your power instead of trying to do it on our own. We know we cannot do this on our own, although we try. Please continue to help us and continue to lead us and guide us. We love you so much in Jesus' holy name, amen. Have a blessed day, thanks for being here.